0: you run upon a lot of things that the average person in the world don't really know anything about. Because if you go to a mental institution you can see how the devil treats people. They're all in there because they start running with the wrong people start doing things wrong. Now, if you do certain things, you, you won't ever lose your mind. But most everybody in the mental institution has done things in the sight of God that disgust God. You see, your sins, you get so crazy with your sins that you disgust God. He's disgusted with you. And He has a line that you can't cross. A line there's a line. God has a line of standard. God has a line of faith. And unless your faith... Is on the level of victory, you can have anything you want through faith. But since most people that I've ever met don't know what faith is, so they get some things from God, but they get, you know, I don't even know of a pastor in America. And they're the one that leads the churches. I don't even know of a pastor in America. That you can take a deformed child to. Deformed. And ask that pastor to help you. Get your child normal. They don't know how. Just, just don't know how. It's called ignorance. Just don't know how to do it. But anything the devil has done to somebody. You can. um, If you know. Only if you know how. You can break the power of the devil over anybody. And then put your faith to work. Confessing victory. Victory. And just keep on. Day after day, after day, month after month, year after year, sooner or later you're going to break the power of the devil. And so it's just the way it is. But most of all parents in America that has a he was birthed to a foreign child, they think their child has to they think their child has to be that way. but but it don't have to be that way. I don't care how crippled it is. How ugly it is. Sometimes people are born real ugly. I mean, you know, their mouth is over here, and they got a hand with two long fingers and two short ones, and feet are just stubs. There's one toe up here on top of the foot and one underneath, and it just wasn't developed good in the mother, and it's just the way it is. But God can make those people completely normal. Every Everything about them completely normal. But he does it through faith. I know a family. That gave birth to a, a woman. Gave birth to a deformed child. Ugliest human being you ever seen. Mouth of sideways wheel over here. The baby could never even eat. Just a total, twisted, deformed human being. Now the mother wasn't even spirit-filled. And the father didn't believe that strong, so he couldn't help any. But the mother did. So you don't have to take 14 years at a Bible college to learn how to believe God. The way you believe God, you, you read a verse of scripture that covers your case, and don't never back away from that. You see, in time... Time is what defeats people. If your faith can tell time, uh, you have no faith. Some people say, well, how long am I going to have to believe God? Well, how long am I going to do that? Well, just as sure as you say that, you don't even know what faith is. Faith, real faith, can't tell time. It don't make no difference if you have to believe God for one week or one year or 10 years. Now, this woman wasn't even spiritual. She was a Nazarene woman. They believed they have good churches. They believe in salvation, being born again. But she read a verse of Scripture. You've read it, you've heard it, you don't believe it, but you've heard it. You understand what I said? You don't believe it, but you've heard it all your life. But you think you believe it, but you don't. But you think you do, but you don't. Oh, I believe God do anything, Mother Noble. Oh, yeah, sure. Sure. You say you believe that. Sunday, somebody brings you a deformed child and say, "Uh, here's my child, I don't know how to get this child normal, so if you believe everything, can you, can you, can you get this child normal, you say, "Mm -hmm." you found out your faith just left, what little you had, just, just left. So she found a verse of scripture in the Bible. Well, she said, I love my little baby. This is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Don't hardly even look human. A twisted thing, a mouth over the side of the head, all that kind of stuff, you know. But it was breathing. And she said, I don't, uh, but I don't, I don't want my child like this. But I want my child, I want want a little girl, I want my daughter, but I don't want her like this. And I don't have to accept her like this. She says, because the Bible says that God cannot lie. Now if you could ever get saved enough to believe that, you could have anything. Of course, since the human race don't believe it, you know, but they think they do, but they don't until you run up on something like a deformed child. And you think you can take a deformed child and get it normal? Well, if you can't, then you'll believe it's not too hot. I don't even know of a church. In the, I don't even know of a church in the world. You can take a deformed child. And get it normal. For sure I get it normal. I mean. Know that I know I can get it normal. But you have to know it. And your faith has to have that tone of voice all the time. Year, five years, 10 years, 15 years. faith with power and strength keep tell time. And faith, don't get tired. If your faith gets tired or time talks you out of believing God, then you don't have no faith. You don't even know what it is. So, well, I'm saved by the noble. Well, I know you believe He's a Savior. So, you've already got that. I'm not talking about being a Savior, believing Jesus is a Savior, and your live living. Everybody believes that. But something physically right in front of you, and you get it changed anybody can get anything changed they want to get changed if they knew how to do it the only reason that god don't heal you you not somebody else you is because you don't know how to get him to do it you don't need nobody to pray for you you don't need to run the wire the tires off your car trying to find some evangelist to pray for you to get healed sit in your living room get healed yourself and the only reason you don't is because you're ignorant and lazy. Ignorant and lazy. You understand those two words? Ignorant and lazy. Any human being in the world can sit in an easy chair in the living room. Hold up the hands like this and worship God some every day. Every day just worship God. That's something you need to learn. And if you don't know this, I've got a book on worship that to, to, for about 20 years. God made the fist three times to me and talked to me concerning worship that most people didn't know what it was and most of the ones that knows what it is don't do it did you know folks that most people in the world they do not worship God in their house You would be shocked out of your brain if I was to strike right over with this boy in this shirt right here on the front page. And go to every one of you and ask you, how many times did you worship God in your house last week? Even a church as good as this one. This is a good church. You'd be surprised, the ones in here. None. Well, you need to worship God, folks, before you ever ask him for anything. Don't you know that? If you'll worship God before you ask him for something, uh, and, you, and you show him you believe him, he'll give it to you. But Jesus is just not just a gimme, gimme, gimme Jesus. Now, he, he is a gimme, gimme, gimme Jesus, but He's not just that. He is a God that wants to be worshipped. Do you understand that? So if you make it a practice to worship God, worship Him, before you ever ask Him for anything. He gives it to you real easy. Real easy. But you don't ever worship God much in your house and then something happens to you and you fall on the floor. Disaster on your knees and God give me give me give me God give me give me give me. Oh God. Why did all this stuff happen to me for Lord? Oh God give me give me give me help me help me give me give me Well, you haven't worshiped him in your house in six months or a year maybe never Why would you invite God into your house you don't never worship him you think he's coming but if you do it, he will come because you're, that you're a Christian and you believe in him. General, general, believing in him, so he'll come in your house sometimes and give you a, a love blessing. I was raised as Baptist. I can go to First Baptist Church this coming Sunday and take a hymnal book. That's what I'm saying amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a rich like me sometimes you would be standing there singing that and the Holy Spirit will come upon you in the first Baptist church but in the first Baptist church Jesus don't heal people there not ever not any not ever if you're crippled with the first Baptist church you'll be crippled next time I see you Because they don't preach it. Now, I don't know about First Methodist. I don't know about First Presbyterian. I don't know about them. I was raised as Baptist. But now, if you have a relative that you want to get them saved, if you want to get them saved, they're living in sin, you want to get them out of sin, sick the Baptist on. Them. <laughs> they preach salvation so much I believe they can get a dog saved. They know know exactly how to do it. That's the number one ministry in the world: getting somebody saved. And you can believe God along that line, know. But she found out in the Bible. She found a verse in the Bible. She she, what she had two two verses. She said, "God, uh, your word says that that you that you cannot lie." And you say all things. You say in your word, Lord, all things are possible to him that believeth. But now you you say, well, I, I believe God, but I don't mean nothing. Nothing. You have to show God you believe him. Now this next statement will shock you. Did you ever stop and think that God don't believe nothing you say? He don't believe nothing you say. He only believes what you do. You can talk to God and tell Him all kinds of things. He don't believe a word of it. But if, but if you do something, He believes what you do. You can tell God, "Well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. And I'm going to give my church ten thousand dollars, or I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to help feed the poor next week." yeah that's what I'm sick I'm sick the doctor says I have disease in my body and so so uh, the Bible says if I if I help feed the poor that uh, that he will uh, restore my health to me speedily he'll heal me real quick and it does say that but he don't, But God don't believe you're going to feed the poor. You can tell him you're going to feed the poor, but he don't believe a word of it. So therefore you don't get healed. He don't believe a word of it until he sees you go do it. When you get born again, folks, you need to understand this. You don't know it. When you get born again, the Bible says that the eyes of Almighty God that made you, the eyes of Almighty God never departs from you. You can't hide and do things from God, you flaky thing, you can't hide and do things from God. He said, the eyes of God, ne- ne- the Bible says, the eyes of God ne- ne- never, departs, never departs from the righteous. Never departs from the righteous. So you're not going to tell God what you did when you stand before him. He has a book. He has a book with every word you ever spoke and everything you ever done. He has it in here. But if you asked forgiveness for it, if you asked ask, ask forgiveness for it, the, the angels come in heaven and, and mark it out like this right here. With a, with, a, with a red marker. Mark it out like this right here. What does that mean? That means the blood of Jesus. Marked it all out. And all the things you've ever done or ever said this wrong, God has no memory of it. Lord and God thank you Jesus and the mother began to confess she said God you said all things are possible to him that believeth she said Jesus I believe for you to come to my house and make my daughter normal and she refused to waver She didn't get tired of saying it. She said it all the time. For 14 years. One day Jesus appeared in her house. You know how he appeared? She was sitting there and there's a little white dot like a light bulb. being to come on and turn in the air middle of the living room her and her deformed daughter was sitting 14 years old now was sitting she's in a wheelchair like this Teeth thinking outside like this she never never had to eat no food couldn't eat no food stuck a crooked straw in her mouth so she could suck a little orange juice doctor fed her through the veins for 14 years that little light in the living room got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger bigger. when you looked at the ceiling and about a foot off the floor like this now in the light all of a sudden jesus appears standing in the light Then out of the light he stepped down on the living room floor. Stepped down out of the light. She was sitting on the bed. The foreign child was sitting over here. And a wheelchair. Like this. Been that way fourteen years. He started towards her. The wheelchair, the mother, one that confessed that, two verses of scripture. Two verses. Two verses. Lord, the Bible said, she said, the Bible said, your word says that you cannot lie, and I believe that. And your word says all things are possible to him that believe. She said, Lord Jesus, I believe for you to come to my house. And make my daughter normal. And she said those two things. For 14 years. And Jesus stopped up before he got to the wheelchair. He stopped. And looked over at the mother sitting on the, on the side of the bed. He said. I have come. Because. Of your Faith. You can get the Lord to visit you too on anything. That's if you have the faith. But if you even speak one word of doubt, or if you even let your mind begin to think, I wonder how long am I going to have to believe this? He will not come. Forget it. Because he don't work through doubt. He said, A man or a woman that doubts me in his word, Book of James, he says, is don't don't let that man or woman think, d- doubt me because anybody that doubts me don't you even let them think that they're going to receive anything from God because they are not going to receive nothing don't even let them think they are truthfully I can't afford to let you think you're going to receive and I know you're not if you doubt God Because he just does not work through doubt. He don't even work through doubt. God is a faith God. And I worked with that girl a lot. And so he told the mother. Jesus told the mother. He said, I've come because of your faith. That's all it takes to get God to come. your faith in Him. You can't even please God without faith. Without faith, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Diligently seeking Him means no wavering, no doubting, none. he's standing about two three steps from the wheelchair a couple of steps and the mother said jesus if you'll take (laughs) a little girl in a wheelchair she's trying to reach out like this and touch him Uh, uh, he just stood and watched her and he said the mother said jesus if you'll take one more step my daughter can touch you and the moment she touches you she'll be whole and he just waited then he told the mother, he said, I could have come and healed your daughter years ago. And he just little to three years old. But I deliberately waited this long because to get her testimony, I want her to go to different parts of the world and overseas and back and everywhere. Giving the testimony about her mother's faith and what it brought her. The little girl said, Jesus stood like this. She kept reaching out like this right here to him and kept. <laughs> and finally, after a while, she just collapsed. I deliberately waited so she could see. Of all of her energy would get her nothing. He walked over to her and laid his hands on her. The little girl said, "When he laid his hands on me, it was like warm water, like warm water or something, started flowing through my body, flowed through my fingers and my fingers. My my bones and my body were so twisted they began to crack and pop." And she said. She said he flowed through my fingers, and all of my crooked fingers, like this right here, became normal. My arms became normal. She said when it, when it flowed through my head, my my teeth began to crack and pop, and my mouth, my jaw bones was twisted, and they moved back, and the the mouth moved back over here where it's supposed to be, and she said. It made me, made, made everything about, within 10 seconds, she said, everything about me was normal. He goes, whoosh, 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 whoosh. And, and she said, and I, I jumped out of the wheelchair. I jumped out of the wheelchair and ran off. I started, I started running. I started running. I started running. I started running. She's been running ever since then. No, when I got up here, I didn't have no idea I was going to tell you that. It just came to me, but when it does, then you need to share it real quick, real share it. Because it shows you the power there is in God's Word. Because what I'm going to teach you tonight, you're not ready for it. There ain't no church in America ready for this. I'm not even sure that I know a church in America that even believes what I'm going to tell you tonight. I don't know of one that believes it. But it's the truth anyway. Whether they believe it or don't believe it. But no. when I tell it to you. It'll shock you. But well, this shows you how I mean the devil is. we have a scripture. I don't want to tell you. See, the Bible says your tongue. Your tongue. There's life and death in the power of the tongue. You don't. You don't have. If you can't get God to do something for you, uh, you, you may not have a lot of problems, but you have a mouth problem. You're not speaking the right kind of words, and you're letting doubt creep in. And you can't. You cannot. You or me or anybody else. You can't let doubt creep in and get God to do anything for you. Now, if you go to church, since you're His child you're born again and you go to heaven and you die but I'm talking about here on the earth now if you go to church uh, he'll and you show God that you're faithful to go to church even if you don't believe a lot of his promises uh, he'll he'll bless you sometimes openly but that's a love blessing spirit of God can come upon you bless you so much it feels so good that's a love blessing that's not a miracle blessing that's a love blessing he shows you he loves you he shows you he loves you you don't have to believe God every little thing he says and believe it in perfection in order for Jesus to love you because Jesus knows that we're human beings and we're not perfect and he knows that, he, he knows that we live in a, in a fleshly body that your body has different appetites Than the Holy Ghost has. But if you go to church all the time. And read the Bible. Everything you can keep your spirit strong. The reason people fall back into sin. Is because. The appetites of the body. uh, Something on earth. Has presented temptation to you. And uh, it's took you over. And you kept fooling around. Those kind of people. Or that person. Kept fooling around with them. Until you fell into sin. Once you become tempted with something and you know you're tempted of it you'd like to have that. You know you're tempted of it. Run from it right then. Run from it that moment. And if it's a woman or a man and they just stay active all the time run from them. Go climb a high tree somewhere where they can't find you. Don't fool around them. Blessed be God forevermore. Thank you, Jesus. Have your Bibles turned with me to Mark 11, please. Book of Mark, chapter 11. But you need to know the scripture because I'm going to have to teach you this, so you'll even believe what I tell you tonight. But if I teach it to you right, then you scripturally, then you'll know I'm telling you the truth. Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus says for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say everybody say say unto this mountain be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass now watch this he shall have whatsoever he saith words coming at your mouth and you speaking words is so very important they direct your life they can put you over in victory if you speak the right words you can call yourself wealthy and you can become wealthy you can call yourself nothing and you become nothing you're a nice person nice Christian but you don't have anything Because Jesus said right here. But. Shall believe those things which he saith. You shall believe those things which you saith. Shall come to pass. You can have. Whatsoever. You saith. Everybody gets that. But I ran up on a case one time you know That that I'd I never, never heard of a thing like that. Some people might think, well, it's just in movies, but no, it's not just in movies either. Because it's sent from hell, and you can have it if you, if you, if you want it. I, now, you see that? You can have whatever you say. All right. <clears throat> I was holding a meeting one time in Kentucky. Zona, my daughter, was with me. She saw all this. And I'd been there for, I don't uh, am going to be there for three or four nights. And so, I gave an invitation that night after I got through teaching. And I'd been praying, been praying for some people. And so, the pastor, he had learned how to cast out devils himself. And so, We'd pray for different people, you know. And all of a sudden, coming down the middle aisle of that church, came a man and woman, nice-looking people, dressed nice, real nice-looking people. And they were dragging a little boy, about 12 years old. They were dragging him. He couldn't walk. They were on each side of him, holding him up, dragging him. He is dressed, nice suit, tie, a little boy. He looked like a movie star. I'm telling you, he's one of the best-looking little boys you've ever seen in your life. But he couldn't walk. And he just looked, it's kind of strange. Uh, and he couldn't walk and they asked me if I would pray for him no when I laid hands on him I saw something that I would never seen in my life I didn't even know it was possible for a human being to get that way And there's always a reason why a person gets a certain way and the moment I laid hands on him Right in front of my eyes. I'm not talking about five seconds later. The moment my hands, I laid hands on him, he turned in to a vampire. I let now his father and mother didn't know anything about that. They didn't even know he, they didn't even know he was a vampire. But of course they didn't know the nature of vampires. And the the I, I laid my hands on him and boy I mean uh, he didn't he jerked loose he jerked loose from me. He jerked loose from me and looked me, and <laughs> his teeth was just delicate <laughs> and he went to trying to bite my shoes. My daughter jumped up and ran to the altar, you know, to watch him. And she said, Daddy, he's trying to bite your feet. And she said, he was trying to bite me. And I said, In Jesus' name, come out of him! And you go, ah. so, so the pastor came over and went to help me after I'd prayed for him for four or five minutes, he helping me. And we both prayed. His mother was standing here, the father was standing over here, and the mother was standing over over on this side. So uh, the the pastor was a strong man, and so uh, we were both praying for him. And of course, in all different cases, I asked questions like this. But I walked over to her and I said... Now, you're the mother of this boy, right? She said, yeah. I said, how did he get like this? Was he born that way? She said, no, no, oh, no. He, he wasn't born that way. He was normal. He was normal. Everything about him is normal. May days in school and everything. <clears throat> She said he got in about the second, third grade. He'd come home afternoons after school. He'd watch the TV show, Dark Shadows. And she said, I didn't pay attention to him. I just she said, you know, little kids here were sometimes sometimes running So I want to be a cowboy. I want to be a cowboy. I want to be a policeman. <laughs> I want to be a cowboy, <laughs> I want to be this, I want to be that, and he seemed to be real fascinated by watching, he, he refused to miss it, every day he'd watch dark shadows, he'd sit on the couch and watch dark shadows, He's fascinated by the cloaks and everything, you know, and, and but I, I didn't pay attention to it, I just thought, well, it's just a kid thing, and, and when, when, it went off, when the TV show went off, he would jump up on the couch. <clears throat> he'd cloak her him, goes on the couch. He'd jump off, he says, I want to be a vampire. <sighs> and he'd act like one. Like the, the guy did on TV before started to bite somebody. And she said, he would do that every day. Now, did you hear what I said? it go over your head. He said, I want to be a vampire. Jesus said right here that you can have what you say. If you believe what you say will come to pass, you can have whatever you say. You can have it. Because you control your life. God don't control your life, you do. You can get involved in anything you want to. You You know, folks, the best thing... I've noticed over a period of, I'm 78 years old now. The best thing or the worst thing ever happens to a human being is the company you keep. I mean, you've got to be real stupid to have crazy friends. You ought to take stock tonight of your crazy friends that's not dedicated to God and get rid of them. Because you don't need them. You understand that? You don't need them. Get rid of them, just don't call them no more. Every time they call you, you're busy. If you're not, get busy real quick. You might think that the evil they do or something can't rub off on you, but it can though. Especially sex tales. One of you girls call you, one of you girls I went to high school with, wants to take you to lunch. She takes you to lunch. She'd been married a few years. And since you're her real close girlfriend in high school, she starts telling you about some of her affairs she has on the side. And her husband don't know about it. She's sharp now, she has money. Dresses nice. And the devil uses those words to get you to thinking about that. Next time you and your husband get in fuss. That's the reason God tells you in the Bible. Some people don't know, it, know it's in the Bible, but it is though. God says for you not to ever don't even have lunch with an adulterer. Do not have lunch with an adulterer. Because I want to tell you some of the things they go through with you know. They plant that seed in your mind. And maybe sometimes your mate's not real good to you. And especially if he's a little mean to you, you want to pay him, pay him back. So you really have to watch yourself real close the company you keep. I go to state penitentiaries, folks, and speak, and I go to big federal penitentiary and speak. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of prisoners. And I tell them, they like me real well. They want me to come back. They said, you don't sound like other preachers coming in here. I said, I know, but they're just nice to you. They just come and tell you a good, a good sweet story about Jesus. I said, that's all right. There's nothing, nothing wrong with that. But I come here to tell you how you got in trouble. I come here to tell you how you got flaky. You got flaky by the company you kept. You'd have been all right if you'd never run with the wrong crowd in high school. That's why you're in here. You didn't become a crook or a thief or a murderer. Just be doing You got to run with the wrong company. And you're a teenager and it sound like big stuff to you then. Uh huh. Uh huh. Look at these bars for 25 years and you'll make up your mind uh, that stuff is not so big. So I asked her, I says, she said, you know, you know, Brother Hayes, this is, this is this boy's mother. She said, you know, Brother Hayes, she said, um, that my husband is the Church of Christ. Now, he don't know anything about this kind of stuff. She said, I'm a similar God girl. She said, I know, I know what you're doing and I know it's the truth. And she not I talked him into bringing him. We drove about 95 miles to get here tonight just so you could pray for him but he didn't even know what I was talking about you know for you to pray for him because he's church of Christ he don't know you know they don't believe in casting out devil because they're still still having trouble with pianos (laughs) (laughs) what do they know And always remember this, you can't learn something when somebody don't know anything. Oh, that's a pretty church. Oh, praise the Lord. Look at there. Man, they got all kind of wealthy stuff here. That's a beautiful church. Well, I think I'll go to church there. Have a choir, you know, robes, and have professional singers. I mean you can't even sing a song in the church unless you have a degree. Organ players first class, piano players, first class. Everything. Everything. Well, you're not going to get anything, you're not going to learn very much from a congregation. You're just sitting down like they are trying to enjoy the service. And the choir, they're not called to preach to you, they're they're singing to you. Before you go to a church, you need to sit down with the pastor, go make a point with the pastor, ask him what he believes. Now, copy down some things that Jesus did in his ministry, and Jesus said, Whatever I do, you do. Say, okay, Pastor, I just want to ask you a few questions because we're thinking about coming to church here. Yes, it's a beautiful church and everything, you know. Uh you believe in being born again, people getting saved, don't you? Most of them will say, Oh yeah, yeah, we believe in that. All right. You believe in praying for the sick. And watch this. You, you, well, uh, um, uh, well, it, it's okay to pray for them. Well, I mean, no, what, what I mean is, do you have healing services? A laying on of hands, anointing with oil, or something that Jesus told you to do? You, you, you believe in that? You, 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 do you see what people get healed in your church? No. Now, now let, let me tell you what I think about that. You hear what he said. Let me tell you what I think about that. Well, who cares what he thinks about anything? Unless you're just a dumb idiot yourself. Who cares what he thinks about anything? You start following men, you'll wind up being a confused mess. No, I'm talking about, I'm just checking the things out here that Jesus did in his ministry. And he said, for whatever I do, you do. I'll just check it on you to see if you did the same thing Jesus did. He laid hands on sick and he'd heal them all. Is that what you do? And he said, well, now let me tell you what I think about this. And then he'll say, well, we believe that healing is real and everything like that. But we believe it went out with the disciples. Oh, brother. Nothing left with the disciples. Give me a break. And if you ask him, say, so "Well, you got chapter and verse for that—that that healing has been done away with with the disciples." Well, he don't have no chapter and verse for that. He said, "Well, if you don't have a chapter and verse for it, what, what are you believing it for?" Well, that's what they taught us in seminary. Well, did you know that seminaries wreck your life? Most of them now—they got some modern, you know. And you believe in that, uh, I guess you believe in being baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking with other tongues. What? Oh, no. no, I believe that is the devil. I said, now Pastor, that's that strange. All the years I served the devil, he never let me speak in tongues. Well, another thing that Jesus did a lot, and I just want just wanted, just want to ask you, do you cast out? The, do you? Jesus said, "If you believe in me, this is only for believers." He said, "If you believe in me, the first thing I want you to do, the first thing I want you to learn, I want you to use my name and cast out devils." No, no, that's Mark 16, and uh, so, Pastor, did you do that? <laughs> no. We don't get involved in that kind of stuff. I mean, you don't get involved. You don't get involved in the ministry of Jesus. What are y'all involved with? <laughs> well, I'll just be honest with you now. I, I, I think it'd be. I think it'd be better if you went to church someplace else. Well, you know, I'd begin to think about that. And I'll, I'll agree with you on that. I'm a step, a step ahead of you. I know it'd be better if I went to church someplace else. <laughs> they don't, don't even believe in the ministry of Jesus. And they're trying to teach people about God. Shh. Give me a break. I said... How long has he been like this? She says, well, Mr. Mr. Hayes, she said, it started this way. She said, he would watch Dark Shadows, and when the TV show went off, he'd jump up on the couch and jump off like this, like uh, maybe a blanket on the couch or something for him. He'd jump out on the floor and say, act like one time, I want to be a vampire. I want to be a vampire. I want to be a vampire and so she said I didn't pay attention I thought I was a little kid he's just a little kid you know second or third grade or something a little kid watching that but he kept doing that now, that's, that's not really going to hurt you if you do that two three times or maybe a week or two but he did it every day she said he did it every day for about two years every day every day he'd do that and he'd say that. Remember, Jesus said you'd have what you say. You can have what you say. That's what you're going to get anyway, whether you like it or not. You will get what you say. And she said, I said, yeah, but how did you get like this? She said, well, I, I said, you know, your boy's a vampire. She said, well, I was praying last week, Mr. Hayes. That's said, I'm here tonight. I was praying last week. And she said, and the Lord spoke to me while I was praying and said, your son is demon possessed. And she said, I knew there's something bad wrong with him. She said, I wasn't for sure he was demon possessed, but he, he sure wasn't normal. I didn't know if he's demon possessed or a disease. I said, no, no, it's not a disease. She says, well, that's for sure. Because we took him to, I don't know, how many doctors. We'd hear him a good doctor, we'd take him to him, they'd examine him. They said, there ain't nothing wrong with him. He's as healthy as a horse. She said, there ain't nothing wrong with him. Physically. But she said, it, after she watched the Dark Shadows about two years, two or two and a half years, she said, I noticed... Uh, his report cards would go down from A's to B's. And I noticed his speech, his talking wasn't normal. And he had, um, for an example, he used to say, well, Mama, I, I, got, I got to have my lunch money for this week. And, and so she said, I'd give it to him. She said, after t- two or three years of watching Dark Shadows, he would come he say, Mother, Mama, I need, I, 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 I need my lunch money for this week, Mother. She'd say, okay, son, let me get it for you. And she said, he'd keep on watching Dark Shadows and keep saying that. And then she said, two or three or four months would go by and his grades would drop from from B to C. And his speech got slower. Uh, Mother. I-, I need my lunch money for this week. Mother. She said okay. But he didn't, he didn't, didn't look much different. And, and he went to, went to school. And then. Then we're then He. Uh, He kept watching that dark Shadows show, and something started getting. He started getting worse. He get worse all the time. Three or four months would go by, and his grades would go from C to D. I noticed his speech was just about leaving him, mother. Uh, I, I need my lunch money for this week, mother. She said, "Okay, son. And then a month or two later, his grades went down from D to F's. Couldn't comprehend anything, couldn't remember anything. The principal of the school called us in. We went and talked to him. He said, you know, your son was such a sharp student. year or so ago, but he is, uh, he makes all F's now, and he can't hardly talk no more, he said I'd suggest you take him out of school, because he don't get nothing, he gets gets no good out of going to school, and mm -hmm, so we had to take him out of school, Then we took him to some more doctors and I couldn't find anything wrong with him. Then he got so, he got so hardly he couldn't walk. Kind of dragging his feet and stuff like that, you know. Did that for a few weeks, a few months and then he got so he couldn't even walk at all. Then he got so his speech kept getting slower and slower. Finally he got so he he wouldn't even talk. He wouldn't even talk. The last two English words, uh, in the family type words that he said, was like mother and daddy, you know. He said mother, daddy, he wouldn't say nothing else. Then he got to say, so he wouldn't say that. He would talk all day long, he would not talk to nobody. Watch that show, but he wouldn't talk to nobody. And she said, now for a couple of years, he's been like this. She said, the only words I've heard him say now in probably some two years is he don't say no words during during the daylight. No words during the daylight hours. Sun's shining. About midnight, maybe one o'clock in the morning, my husband, he'll wake up my husband up saying two words and he screams them out he says them out loud in his room he'll go vampire werewolf oh oh yeah. that's all he does he did that for a while then he Gets tired I guess and he goes back to sleep. But then last week when I was praying a few days ago when I was praying the Lord told me that my son was demon possessed. So I knew there's something bad wrong with him. Real bad. This is my husband Mr. Hayes he don't understand this kind of stuff. I mean he don't understand this. They had no idea he was a vampire until I laid hands on him in the altar of his church. But boy, when I laid hands on him, he turned into one. He was already one. But he turned one one, he jerked his head up under my hands. He didn't want me laying hands on him at all. And I mean he went to trying to bite me, going. Bah! Every time I say, in Jesus' name, you foul devil, I command you to obey me. Come out of him, I said. Bah! And, of course, the people in the church never did see anything like that. Well, I, well, I, well, I hadn't either. I, didn't see I, I never see anything like that. But when you've been do- doing this for years, and nothing don't scare me. Because Everything is not good. I know it's the devil anyway, so whatever. You watch those vampire movies. You don't know they're from hell. And she said... Mm. they didn't realize that the demons in him was so strong so that pastor in me was praying for him you know I said in Jesus name come out of him and the pastor would too and, 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 and I said well I said now have you ever had him in a service like this before he said, oh no and I said that pastor I know him he's a good man I said he'll help me and I said, we'll break the power of the devil over him tonight. But you have to give us some time. This thing is in him real strong. Strong, I mean strong. But, 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 but I, I know what faith is. And I said, I, 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 get, I can break that thing's power and get that out of him. It might take a few hours, I don't know. But I, 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 just, I won't let up until, until, until I get him free. And this pastor here congregation may go home with this pastor he'll stay with me he'll help me he's a good man I know he knows, he knows what he's doing and so so I'm she said well she said uh, his daddy said no, he don't know what's going on and so we just kept on in Jesus name you devil I command you to turn this boy loose in Jesus name come out of him you understand me, Satan? I'm not giving you any choice. you have no choice. Your days are over with him in Jesus name. Come out of him, I said. The pastor did the same thing, and you know, we've been working with him for probably some probably 30 to 40 minutes. and because he looked awful, his father had never seen him look like that. And I'd say, in Jesus' name, come out of him, He go. so pastor his father's the church of Christ so he come over and he says I just can't take it no longer he says I can't take it no longer he said I'm going to take my son and go home I said hey hey, wait a minute wait a minute I said do no, you have that right you're his father I can't do anything about that I said you better not take him home do you understand me because you don't even know anything about this kind of stuff I do, but you don't know nothing about it. I don't know everything, but I know how to get somebody free. I don't have time to go around the world and spend hours with every person who used to be demon possessed. That's demon possessed, I don't have that kind of time. You just have to get some friends who knows how to do it. Because sometimes it takes a long time to get tough cases. Now if you fast, Strong devils, if you fast and pray for three or four or five days before you start, then you get about quicker. Remember when Jesus said about the boy jumping the fire and jumping the water? Now all twelve disciples could not catch the devil out of that boy. They couldn't they could could make it leave. But Jesus made it leave. And Jesus said, Go! And The thing left him and he felt like he was dead. It's, people said oh my god he's dead Jesus said no he's not dead he reached and got him and raised him up and he was completely normal the disciples came to him all 12 of them and said master we, we prayed for that boy and nothing didn't happen how come you prayed for him and he gets totally healed and gets totally free he said well this kind of, he said, Oh, faithless generation. Faithless. If you, if you can't get God to do anything, that's what you are. Faithless. Faith works by knowledge. Faith works by knowledge. So you can have faith in God in some things, but some things you can't. Things that you never have been exposed to or you don't do, our ministries, especially like this one. Uh, if you've never been involved in any kind of ministry like this, and most people have it, you know, don't mean they're not good people. Don't mean you're not a good Christian. Don't mean you don't live your life right. Don't mean that God don't love you and you don't love Him. That do not have anything to do with it. That, that Because you're bowing for heaven. Your name's written in heaven if you've been born again. What I'm telling you tonight, it's, it's, like, a healing, it's like a healing. But what I'm telling you tonight, this is like an earthly ministry, this kind of ministry is going to ministry to help earthly people that nobody else can't help they don't know how to help them. Jesus would like for everybody to do it but they don't, they just like to just manifest themselves who they are, they're vampire spirits in him. And he got, he got them in him because he said he wanted to be a vampire. I mean, they wouldn't come in for for three or four weeks doing that, but he'd been doing it two or three years every day, every day. Then act like one, and then jump off the couch to the floor and say, I want to be a vampire, and then act like one. He did that so long, he became one. You say something so long, you'll become one. Because Jesus said you would have what you say. Bad or good, you have know what you say. Study good things of the Lord and confess those things. Confess things that are good and clean and pure and holy in a good report, and you'll become the person that God wants you to be, that He can use. You see what I mean? Don't stay dumb all your life. You know, just Ob. Oh, I'm not saying God'll ever give you a public ministry of casting out devils, but I'm not saying He won't either because I took a man and his wife one time with me on the road to take care of my books and tapes a man and his wife and the man was real conservative you know, and he just knew a little bit about God not much but the girl was his wife wanted to learn so bad she thought it was the greatest stuff she'd ever seen to get so, see somebody healed and everything like that they traveled with me for quite, quite a while and she wanted to learn so bad part of my spirit went into her And she got so strong, and I mean she did it right too, she'd watch me. She did it right. And uh, somebody acted up in service, I wouldn't even pay, pay that much attention to them. i just told her, say, Brenda, hey Brenda, go over there and make that devil be quiet and leave her. Boy, she jumped up her seat, and I mean, she, she didn't flinch, brother. She'd go over there and she'd say, in Jesus' name, you be quiet. You cannot interrupt the service of God in Jesus' name. Come out of her! Come out of her! And she would get that girl quieting uh, quiet down, real, real quick, like. Boy, she'd do it every time I asked her to do it, because she knew what she was doing, and she was the fighting type. She was a nice, pretty girl, but she, his wife. But she'd she'd fight like a circle saw. She'd fight anything man should fight devils or anything else you know and so so he took him he said no, I'm going to take him home I said well he's your son you can take him home if you want to but if I was you I wouldn't because I'm here and this pastor's here and he'll help me you know and, and we'll work with him until we get him free You can walk out of here he and get him walking again and walk out of here with a normal son yeah, I can't think of I left. So they left, and his mother, and I don't know, I have to do what he says. So they left. Well, I went to other churches and conventions, things like that, you know, ministry. And I was scheduled to go to ministry, full gospel business convention. In Nashville, Tennessee. I was there. In that convention, somebody called me one day. I was over in a ballroom with some people, praying for me. I said, is, You have an emergency phone call for Normal Hayes at the pay station, just pay phone, so and so so and so. got somebody showed show me where it was at. Emergency phone call for me. And I thought, well, I better go, better go get that. I went and I said, hello, and this lady's voice, she says, uh, Brother Hayes, she said, uh, you remember me, she said, me and my husband brought our son to you up in Kentucky at a meeting. And, uh, and you prayed for him in my husband's Church of Christ. And so he left and took the son with him. You begged him to keep him there and, he, and he, he wouldn't do it because he didn't understand that kind of stuff. I said, well, that's nothing new. Hardly nobody understands it. Jesus understands it real plain. And he's real plain to tell us exactly what to do. He said, said, if you say you believe in me, Jesus said, the first thing I want you to learn, don't stay dumb all your life. He said, in my name, I want you to cast out devils. First thing I want you to know that my name is stronger than all devils. And I want you to cast them out. That means resist them. Don't ever let the devil take you over, folks. There's something you know that's not right. And you know what's right and what's wrong as well as I do. Don't let people influence you to get you involved in sin. Sometimes, you know, you see girls so pretty, you gonna take your breath. Real pretty girls, just outstanding. After being in the ministry for all these years... I feel sorry for them. I really feel sorry for girls, especially if they're real knockouts. I feel sorry for them. You know why? Because men won't leave them alone. And wherever they go to work, the boss is after them. Our director, some of the high positions, is after them. Just like every corner. Especially if you're nice and friendly, you know. Unless you sell out to God, you know, sometimes your looks can be like a curse on you. But God didn't give you those looks to be a curse. He gave you those looks to work for Him with. To influence people. And a real pretty girl can bring a lot of people to God. And Maggie, my wife, she's one of those girls. She's still pretty in her, in her 60s. She's in her 60s. When she was a lot younger, she, she was as pretty as any French model you've ever seen. But she's sold out to the Lord from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. If she hadn't been, God would never let me marry her. Because I stayed single so long. Because I I was too busy to fool around with a girl that's, you know, didn't want to serve the Lord. But Maggie, she's just the one that I needed in my life. And I told God, I said, I'm not going to ever get married. Well, I, I'd like to be married, Jesus, but I said, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to get married unless you pick a wife for me. I'll just be honest with you, Jesus, I don't think I have enough sense to pick a wife. I met a lot of sweet girls, I met a lot of sweet pretty girls and all like that, you know, and I know, I know they love the Lord, but I, I said, Lord, I won't ever quit, I'll just wear myself out, and I won't ever quit. See, the Lord came to me when I was 33. And I'm already making like, you know, four or five, six thousand dollars a week, a week. And I started three years old, and I had everything I had paid for, four Cadillacs and all that kind of stuff, you know, and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in safe deposit boxes, this stuff. And I, well, he told me I was killing myself. You're killing yourself, son. You're not doing nothing for me, and I'm three. Supernaturally. He rode in my car for an hour and a half. An hour and a half. I thought Jesus blessed people spiritually uh, like 10 or 15 minutes, maybe, or five minutes. I didn't even know God rode in people's cars for an hour and a half. (laughs) I cried with bitter tears for an hour and a half. I told him, I said, Jesus, I thought you called preachers to preach, not, not businessmen. I'm a businessman. Son, come and follow me. You think you know how to make a little money because you make several thousand dollars a week. He said, you don't know anything about it yet. Follow me and I'll show you how to make money. I'll show you how to help people. I'll show you how to be happy the rest of your life. and Your life will count for something. So, and he gave me a severe test. I'm telling you right now, if you're trying to find out what God wants you to do, all you have to do is get the minister of helps, like I did, and be faithful. Be faithful. Feed the poor. I worked seven years for the Lord at the city dump and with full gospel businessmen. Never got one offering. Didn't want no offerings. I had my own businesses. I wasn't looking for no offerings, nothing like that. And I didn't get nothing for seven. I didn't want it. I didn't want anything. Then after seven years, the Lord spoke to me. in The seventh year, after I learned some things, He says, Now, son, I want you to go teach my word. And I want you to teach people what I have taught you. I want you to teach people what I have taught you. He said, I want you to study the Bible. Study my word on the subject of faith first. Until I want you to study it and quote it and confess it. Until you learn what it is. Because you're not going to do much without faith. Then I'll lead you to other subjects. That was, you know, like 40 years ago. Now I'm 78. 78. And the older I get, the sweeter it gets. I'm just telling you folks that Jesus is honest. And he says something, you can stake your life on it. He means what he says. He not only means what he says, he'll do what he says. And he'll do it for you if you keep your doctrine straight. Pattern your ministry after Jesus and do whatever Jesus did you do. If Jesus cast out devils, then you cast them out. You understand that? If Jesus laid hands on the sick, you lay hands on the sick. Knowing them with all, you know them with all. And don't let men lead you with their funny doctrines. Forget them. Check all your beliefs out and your doctrines out with the Word of God and the ministry of Jesus. Uh, Rodney is, he's not the high pastor of this church, he's the under shepherd of this church. Jesus is the great shepherd. Jesus is your real pastor. He's your, he's your great shepherd. You understand that? Now he thought enough of Rodney and trust him enough to make him the under shepherd directly under him. Rodney is the number one man of this church directly under the Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of these young men you see working stuff, it won't be long till they won't be here. I've been doing this for a long time. They might stay here five years. They might stay here 10 years. They might stay here 15 years. They might stay here 20 years, but they probably won't be here 20 years, but some of them might be. But some of them has got to call them as soon as they learn what to do. And they get to a certain level where they know what faith is and they get to be faithful in what they're doing here for Rodney. You have to show God that you'll be faithful here or God won't never promote you. Because if you, don't, if you can't be faithful where you're at, always remember this. That's because that you're dumb. <laughs> and you don't, <laughs> and you, don't, you, don't, you don't know anything, you might as well know this. You don't, you don't know anything, and you might as well get this. You never will amount to nothing. You have to show God he can trust you. Once you show God he can trust you. That you're faithful to as long as your life lasts, He'll put you where He wants you. Then He put you where He wants you. Don't He'll put you someplace, but you may not be there forever. Because if you learn there and, and learn more and more and more, well, he'll, he'll He'll promote you to something else. But God only promotes people He can trust, because. I won't never go back in business. I don't need to no more. I'm still in business now, you know what I mean? But I'm mostly in the real estate business now. But I've accumulated so much, you know. And when I, when I give my life to Jesus, when I was 33 years old and he came in my car, I owned one piece of property. In my office of the day, we counted them up. Now I own 60-some pieces of property. 60-some pieces of property. I don't have, even have any idea that I, that I own that much. Office buildings and houses, about 30 or 40 houses. And grounds and lots and acreage. And 50, 60-some different pieces of property. Well, what are they all worth now? I bought them, when they weren't wasn't, wasn't worth hardly anything. Only got, They're worth millions now. I don't know what. 12, 15, 20 million, I guess. But what am I going to do with it? Well, I ain't going to do nothing with it. I don't want the money. I'm going to give give it to the Lord. What I want the money? I've got enough money. I've got enough money to eat tomorrow, and I've got Maggie. And if I don't want to go eat in a restaurant, she loves me so much, and she's so sweet. She's like, she, she fixed my food in her, in her hotel room today. Twice better than what she eat in a restaurant. One of the most precious days I live now is stay in the hotel room with Maggie all day long. Never come out. Just rest and relax. She fixes some food. so good. Oh my God, it's so good besides magazines magazines to look at <laughs> she, she tells me all the time oh honey you're so cute oh honey you're so handsome oh my god I said oh my god love, love. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you young folks Love is blind as a bat. <laughs> 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 well sometimes she'll come over and you mmm, honey, you're so oh honey, you're so good looking. Oh my god, you're so good looking. I thought, oh, whatever you say, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> said, keep talking honey that's all right <laughs> makes you feel good when you get to be 104 it makes you feel good <laughs> well I answered that phone call the full gospel business and she said The mother said, she says, I'm the mother of the church. I said, yeah, I remember talking to you. She said, you know, Mr. Hayes, when we got home, she said, those devils, they put my son through a living hell. She said, I'm telling you, sometimes he gets so mean that we have to tie him up, tie him to the bed, tie him down. Oh, I said, I can believe that. She said... Now then, she says, my husband came to me the other day. He said, You know, honey. He said, Oh, Todd I made the worst mistake I've ever made in my life. I made a sad mistake. She says, How come, honey? What do you mean you made a sad mistake? Oh, she said, What well, he said, what Mr. Hayes told me that night in church. They were working with our son. And he told him, the pastor, get this her son free, get them devil without him. She says, now i know it's the devil for sure because he goes into rages and we have to tie him to the bed and tie him down put chains around the bed where he can't get up strong she said he said oh how we I, I have stayed in that service that night and let mr hayes and him pray for him just said he he told me that i stayed for hours to get him free he said I don't know, he says, I don't know if you can find him or not. But if you can find Mr. Hayes someplace. He said, you know, honey, I trust him. I trust him, but I, I just couldn't, it was hard for me to see my son going through that. Well, he didn't know his son was a vampire. He just saw this, had some disease or something or something wrong with him. But the, but the doctors who had him examined said, there ain't nothing wrong with him, he's healthy. I can't find nothing wrong with him. Well, there probably wasn't anything physically wrong with him. He had devils in him. Demons. God spoke to his wife and said, Your son is demon-possessed. He had devils in him because those vampire devils came in him. Over a period of two or three years, he said, I'm going to be a vampire and act like one. And he became one. And so will you. You start fooling around devils. Voluntarily doing things that devils want you to do. They'll come right in you and possess you. And if you don't get rid of them. Sooner or later you'll probably go to a mental institution. That's where he'll wound up. He said, honey, if you can find Mr. Hayes, tell him, and I'm sorry I left the service that night, tell him that I will drive my son to wherever he's at. If he will just pray for him. She said, okay, I'll try, to, I'll try to find him. So she found out I was at Full Gospel Business Convention, I guess from my office. I got on the phone she told me, and I said, all right, I'm obligated to this, to this convention to do certain things, but I'll try to find another minister or two, maybe they could help me. I, if I had time, I could do it, but I don't have that kind of time here. But if I can find, I said, well, I'll tell you what, I said, you, this is not too, too awful far from you, nice little. And I said, take you a few hours to drive down here. I said, come on down here, I'll, I'll make sure I pray for him. He said, okay, we'll come tomorrow he will be there tomorrow well wish she made her sad mistake she walked back into her room where the son was and the daddy was she said I just talked to Norval Hayes and she said he told us to bring the boy to Niceville tomorrow and he would pray for him and get these devils out of him if you're talking to devils don't ever mention my name Because a lot of them know me. I've fought them enough. They ought to know me. And they don't want want nobody brought to me. Because I don't play no games with them crazy devils. And she said. And so. Next day. Another emergency phone call for Noble Hayes. So I went to the telephone. I said, Hello. This is the saddest story I ever heard. In my life. She said, Mr. Hayes, this is the lady up in Kentucky called you yesterday. We were gonna come down there today. To see you. But Mr. Hayes, our son is dead. Them demons killed him. I said, that's what they're here for. That's the number one. They're here for the first thing. Jesus said, they're here for kill, steal, and to destroy when I talked to you yesterday I went back in the room where, this, where my husband and, and, and my son was at and I told him I talked to Noble Hazen he said for him tonight we'll take him tomorrow and he'll get them devils out of him well that's all Satan wanted to hear because he had him pretty close to death anyway so them demons attacked him and I said that he took a, he took a raging fit and they had to tie him to the bed, and put chains around him. As they just said they killed him this morning. He died. So oh my God, my God, my God, my God. mm mm mm. God, you can't do anything about it now. So. And he died because of the ignorance of his father. You see? If his father had been raised in a church like this, he'd left his son there until we got freedom, got him free. But he's raised in the church of Christ. Don't have no knowledge of anything like this miracles or whatever Jesus is a miracle worker folks and Jesus said if you say you believe in me he said there's one thing I want you to learn and you better learn it quickly and you better listen to him he said if if you tell me you're a believer I want all believers if you tell me you're a believer he said the first thing I want you to learn I want you to use my name and by the same Jesus name Jesus wants me to cast out devils because devils are going to try to torment you through other people at times. and get you involved in things you shouldn't be involved in. But it's not, it's not hard to stay free from devils, folks. I mean, a person who's not even saved can stay free from devils because you have to understand this, you better know this. Devils don't have no power. Jesus stripped the devil of all of his power and even if you're not even saved, if you're not even saved You're up on people and they want you to do this and they want you to do that. They want you to take drugs. They want you to get involved in illegal sex outside of marriage. They want you to get this and this and that and the other thing. They want you you to do this and do that. All you have to do is look them straight in the face and say, No, I'm not going to do that. And as long as you don't do that, devils can never bother you. Where devils get you and a lot of other people and kills thousands of people all the time, they volunteer and go ahead and do it. They volunteer and, and get, get themselves involved with the devil. And then he just, once you obey him, then he'll hammer you. Unless you come to a place where people can teach you. Because the, the Bible says where the devil is being, even if you cast him out, he'll try to return. But when I cast the devil out of somebody, I teach them, I teach them to resist that thing. Whatever it is, if it's cancer or whatever, resist it symptoms starts coming back. See, devil, the, the devil is just a demon of lust. If it's a lust thing, he'll when that thing comes on you, you'll... You know. I took a pastor with me a while back. Or some time ago. From Hollywood. And his wife told him. I started a church one time with these two pastors in Hollywood, California. And... Debbie Reynolds was a good friend of mine, and so it's, they, they, they invited me to come in and speak at the first service and Debbie Reynolds let them let them start start a church in her dance studio, the first service and when I was there, a demon possessed girl showed up, and she said i've been reading you i 've been listening to your tape series that 's got that orange cover about." I think she's got another cover of it right now, but about how to deal with Satan and demons. She said, I want to come here this morning because I need help. She said, I really need help. And I said, Well, all right. Service is going to start right now, and then you said, I'm going to enjoy the service. After the service, I'll cast that devil out of you. She said, All right. And I did. And then two pastors, they wanted to watch me. So they watched me. Pray for her and cast the devil out of her, and so when I did that, and they, they, they built a good church. They got up to about a thousand people, and one of the, one of the pastors. Now I didn't I didn't know he had that problem. Now listen this real close. I, I knew he had that problem, so I actually did, been doing it, every, about every couple of years or something. But his wife told him she said I'm not putting up with this any longer. Now either you can go spend two weeks with Norval Hayes on the road with him and let him pray for you and get these devils out of you or she said I'm leaving you. So he came real nice looking guy you know and he's they had a church of about a thousand people and when he came and so I said, now, what kind of problem do you have? He said, Brother Norville. When I was eight years old, the devil came into me. And he's been hammering me over the head, beating me down ever since that time. I said, how come he didn't come into you? He said, well, I just like any other boy around the house. And he said, my daddy was looking at a magazine. He left and happened to go in his room for something, and you know, I saw a magazine there. Opened it up, it's like Playboy magazine. Nude, pretty girls. I'm eight years old. He said, something came into me. I'm only eight years old, but something came into me. And he said, I wanted that girl. He said, eight years old, I don't know what I was doing. But but he said Had to, be, had to be a pretty girl. Those girls in the magazine was real pretty. He said, had to be a pretty girl. He says, and I got teenager teenager. I started going and get them. They have a place here in Hollywood. She so can go down. They got some of the prettiest girls you've ever seen. that's prostitutes. But they're real beautiful. He said, I go get one. I got married. He said, you know, you know my wife. He said, she's really a sharp girl. I said, oh, I know she is. Well, the reason I came to you, Brother Noble, I'm going to travel with you for two weeks. And I'll pay my own fare and get my own hotel room. He says, because she told me she's going to leave me if I didn't come and stay with you for two weeks. He says, Brother Normal, he says, I, I says, well, what do you do? You go out and get prostitutes and get, go out in a pulpit and preach? And he had a million-dollar personality. Real nice guy. But he said, oh, no, 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 I don't, I don't do that. I he said, what well, do you go with girls in your congregation? He said, oh, no, I would touch one of them with a 10 foot pole. No, I'm not that stupid. But he says, I oh, think I'm free from that. And now I'll go along for, oh, sometimes two years. I live my life clean and everything. He said, I'm pastoring. He says, I do, try to do a good job. And I wouldn't bother one of the girls in my church for nothing in the world. But he said, sometimes I'll be away from the house. Maybe it's been two years since I did that. I'll be away from the house by myself in a car. It always happens I'm by myself in a car. And all of a sudden, a spirit comes in my car. He said, the spirit of lust that same spirit that came in me when I was eight years old looking at my daddy's magazine, Playboy magazine. And he said, he says, and I mean that thing is strong. He says, when that thing comes on me, he says, I want a pretty girl so bad I can't hardly stand it. I said, I mean, I can't hardly stand it. I can't hardly wait to get with one. He said, I drive my car down to where the pretty prostitutes are at and I get one, go in a room, have sex with her. And I leave. And when I leave, that spirit leaves me. And I said, oh my God, what have I done? What have I done? I said, sometimes I go home and tell my wife. I said, boy, you're stupid. (laughs) Don't never tell your wife any trash you get involved with. My God. Don't tell nobody but God. Get God to forgive you and, and stay away from it. He said, then, but he said, don't, don't, that spirit don't bother me no more. I, I go sometimes for two years, maybe a little over two years. And, and he said, it, it, it don't even bother me. It don't even come in my car. It don't do, do nothing for, for a long time. And I think, oh, I'm totally free from that thing. Thank God. Uh, and he, he loved the Lord. He said, I'm, I'm totally free from that thing. Well, we built his church up to about a thousand people. And he said, Then I'll I'll be away from home, got in my car, and here that dumb thing comes again. Gets in my car, gets on me. And I mean, I I want a pretty girl so bad I can't understand it. He said, And I don't want to go get no pretty girl. What? I said, I got a sweet wife. And the pastor of a thousand people, well, I, don't, I don't want to go get no pretty girl. But he said, that thing gets in, it possesses me, it came into me just like it did when I was eight years old. It starts manifesting itself. And I want well, one so bad I can't hardly stand it. I mean, I can't hardly stand it. I can't hardly stand it. I got to go get one. It drives me. It just drives me. It drives me. you ever talk to any of your friends, any of your girlfriends or anything like that? They have a husband that goes from woman to woman to woman to woman to woman. It's a spirit of lust that drives them. Drives them. They just can't be satisfied with one woman. they got to get another woman. And because they'll tell their wife, if she finds out about it, she well, that's the last time I'll ever do it. Well, yeah, Sure and sometimes that may work but most of the time it don't they go from woman to woman you ought to try to stay free folks from that spirit of lust that thing gets in you and it'll drive you just like a, driving a bull it'll drive you I'm telling you it'll drive you and you'll think an intelligent a person won't do that but sometimes they're nice people but it, it, that, that, that spirit got in them that, that demon got in them there's all kinds of demons out there you, to get in you make you do things I've known nice people they used to steal stuff all the time they get saved they get saved and they don't want to steal anything but if they get a chance they might they get up desperate financially because that stealing demon starts to manifest himself they just can't really keep them keep them stealing so you got to stay free Jesus says in the sun sets free is free indeed but you have to confess you're free you can have, you can have what you say, and confess you're free. Blessed be God forevermore. Thank you, Jesus. But about the little boy in Kentucky, died that day, and they were going to bring him to me. I mean, I thought, oh my God! Well, I begged the father to not, not, not take him out. But he's because of his ignorance, he took him out. I raised Church of Christ, and didn't know anything about that kind of ministry. Couldn't stand it. I told him. I said, "You get him home. You'll think stand it." I said, "He may turn into, a, he, may, he, he he into a living devil. Get real mean." Boy, he did too. He got so mean they had to chain him to the bed. They said the stout is like one, one or two men. Him, twelve years old. Them devils turned him like that, totally to possess him. And Jesus told his mother. Your son is demon possessed. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You'd be surprised. As far as I know. Everybody I know of. In a mental institution they're demon possessed. They got there because of things they've been doing that's wrong. That's why they got there. That's why their mind snaps. Their mind will snap. You keep pushing sin so long and for so long God will have mercy upon you anybody for, for, for a certain spell for, for, for quite a while but if you keep pushing wrong things they keep on pushing wrong and wrong and wrong you, you can't cross that line if you do God will take his hand off of you and he'll turn you over he, he will turn you over to reprobate mind which you'll, you'll have a mind just like a snake you can just do anything and it won't even bother you. He'll turn you over to a reprobate man, take his hand off of you. He may live a while, but you'll just die and go to hell. I enough. and I feel sorry for mental patients in mental hospitals. I don't have time this time because I'm only gonna be here one more night. But if I had time, I could tell you some tales over 40 years of ministry I could tell you some tales and make you want to go outside and vomit see every person that's in the mental institution some of their friends and sometimes their parents wrecked their life got them involved in all kinds of stuff when they were, when they were young when they were young and totally messed them up and they kept on doing it when it got older. And after a while, God only puts up with it for a few years, several years, and He takes His hand off of you, and you go nuts. You can't, you can't think straight. You can't think straight. It you have to go to a mental institution and get people to help you from the natural standpoint. But they can't do much to help you. Because it's devils, and they don't know anything about devils. But it is devils. Jesus said they're here for three reasons. To kill, steal, and to destroy. Do you understand that? That's the reason God had me to start an unwed mother's home, a maternity home. So I could save them little babies and get the mothers saved. I mean, we take girls as pregnant and no husbands. The first thing we work on when she comes in, we work on getting her saved, getting her spirit filled. Then they want to go to Bible college. See, we have a Bible college, uh, th- th- three classes every morning, and they want to come to Bible college every morning. Because the other kids are this, but their age. And, and our Bible school students just love those little girls that's pregnant and no husbands. They treat them real nice because we, we tell them to, but they're just sweet girls anyway. Most girls go to Bible college. They're sweet girls, you know. They're there to learn about the Lord, and they want, they want to do that. And so, get you know, them saved and spirit filled, and then teach them. See, teach them. They can learn in Bible college. They can stay free. And I tell all the girls. I tell the girls who comes in, this pregnant, no husband. I say, don't worry about it. The devil will tell you you're pregnant now, and you're 15, or you're 17, or you're 19, or you're 20. One girl came in um, uh, about just a few years ago. She was 12. But her body looked like she was 18. 12 years old. Pregnant. She had her baby when she was 13. Now you talk about a pitiful situation, Mother. That little girl had her baby. Came in there at 12. At 13, she had a baby and she didn't want, couldn't keep it because she couldn't get a job she had no place to live, she had nobody to help everything so we have people come in that Christians we only deal with Christians that adopt them out if they want their baby to be adopted out but we taught most of them into keeping them but she was young she couldn't get a job or nothing you know she so said I guess I don't have no choice my parents don't want to keep it and stuff like that, you know, at home. Don't want to around the house, you know. Me and a little 13-year-old girl, and I got a baby, and there are friends coming in and stuff like that, you know. He said, I guess I just have to adopt it out. So we got a Christian family. that adopted out. And the pitiful thing was the day they come to get the baby. Boy, it gets so sad. That little 13-year-old girl sitting there, that little sweet baby in her arms. They came, to, they came in to get her, to get the baby, signed adoption papers. Of course, we'd ought to interview them about their background and everything, to make sure they're real first-class people. They walked over to her, her chair. She's 13. They reached down like this for the baby. She's just sitting there trembling. They took the baby, slowly walked outside. They felt so bad. They felt so sorry for the mother. Oh, I'm, I'm glad to know Christians like that, though. They, they really trust God. They got outside. You know, you're not supposed to know where it goes or nothing like that. Never to see it again. A lady came back in. They got outside went over to the girl and talked to her. She's just sobbing. She said, honey, listen to me. She said, we wouldn't do you any no harm for nothing in the world. We'll be, we'll, we would be real good to the baby. And you're not able to take care of it or nothing. And she said, listen to me, honey. Here's my name, address, and phone number. We will raise this baby to know you. Give me your picture. Know you as his mother. And you can come to see this baby anytime you want to. Do you understand? That that satisfied her son, but boy, she sure had to give that little baby up, so. But at least it gives you some satisfaction to know she can go see her own little baby the rest of her life. Lord, it to God, thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, folks, God is so good. And He is so wonderful. And you need to know in all ministries, it doesn't make any difference whose it is. I don't keep the money that comes into my ministry, I give it to the ministry. You understand? We spend a lot of money on saving babies and feeding the poor and so forth. So, anything you'd like to give tonight, i sure it would be appreciated. Because it costs us several thousand dollars a month to keep it home going. So, whatever you can give, whatever the Lord leads you, you'll bless. You'll be a part of saving those little babies and blessing the mothers. And we don't have enough money to give them very much money, but we give them a little money every week to buy powder and toothpaste and stuff like that, you know. If they don't have very many clothes, and some of them don't, we buy them some clothes. So, would you bow your heads right now? See what the Lord have you do. and every person here that you'd speak to their hearts and they'd do exactly what you tell them to do. Father, I just thank you right now that you speak. In Jesus' name, amen. The ushers would come and, he and the offering envelopes out, make your checks out to the river, this entire offering, of course, goes to Dr. Norval Hayes' ministry. And Pastor Rodney always adds to it. So ask the Lord what you're supposed to do. Hallelujah.